Boy, it's been an interesting last couple of days to be an Auburn fan. You've had some ups and some downs and some things you weren't quite sure about. He is Zach Blackerby. I'm Brad Law, and uh, we thank you for watching Village Vice. Zach, the weekend started Friday, like since we were last with our Vice squad, our Vicers. Yes. With a little exciting recruiting news as Cam Coleman flips to the Auburn Tigers. There's been a lot of reaction already. Um, about this and understandably so, but we got to talk about it. It's expected or not, it's massive news. It is, and we've been waiting for this for a long time. In fact, the Auburn side of it, as soon as he shocked everybody by committing to Texas A&M on July 4th, everyone's like, well, wh what? Why? I, I thought we were trending for this kid. And the staff did what they do, and they didn't back off. They don't care if you're committed elsewhere. If they want you, they're going to show you then they watch you every single day and eventually Cam Coleman flips, which is great for several different reasons, Brad. The biggest one is he's a stud. <laughs> he can play football at a high level and, and, and he's got the frame to do a lot of things and the frame to add more weight and the potential to be an early NFL draft pick when this is all said and done. But also I think it sets the tone once again that Hugh Freeze and the staff Oh, they go six and six. And so many Auburn people after those last two losses of the season said, oh my gosh, this is going to destroy and devastate recruiting. Obviously, that is not true. I mean, yeah. Obviously, that is a factual, factually incorrect statement. Then the third one is they went to Central Phoenix City. Brad, a place that is in Auburn's backyard. It should be a place where Auburn can just pick the talent that they want. And for whatever reason, they haven't been able to do that. Uh, in, a, in a long time and they were able to kind of pull that off over this uh, over the weekend so camp coleman is huge for uh for several different reasons brad you got to hold on obviously like uh, let me just throw that disclaimer out obviously he's got a sign with with auburn ultimately but let's take that disclaimer away that's that's on that's for everybody that applies to everybody but sure isn't it interesting that like you mentioned as soon as he committed to texas a&m Everybody still, everybody still, yeah, okay, that's cute. Ultimately, he's going to end up at Auburn. I think that says a lot about the staff. It says a lot about it's. It's not like Central has been a pipeline. It's. It's not like right. any of these things have just been in place and yet expected for months and months and months. Right, and the fact that he still wants to come despite there being a bunch of other really talented wide receivers too. I mean, I think Cam Coleman, I think Perry Thompson, I think Bryce Kane, I think Malcolm Simmons, they all bring different things to that very, very young and very, very talented wide receiver room. So, I mean, their pitch had to be Auburn. I think the playing time will be there. I think the fit yeah. will certainly be there, but this is a kid that, I think surprising people was important. I think he wanted to drop it in, in a random afternoon on a Friday when maybe some people were tuned out away from recruiting. But also, Brad, let's just be, let's call a spade a spade here. This was the first day after the dead period ended. And where did Hugh Freeze go? He went to Central Phoenix City to talk to Camp Coleman. I, I, I think that sent a message as well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely agree, and and that's a terrific. There's so many uh, other 
big time players that are going to come from that school. You've got to have that pipeline. It's one of the schools in the state. It's one of the five or six schools in the state. You must have an in. You must have a connection. And if you can build a pipeline, that's great. But you, you got to at least have a foot in the door. And now they have that. And this is a guy who all expectations would be that he's going to be an immediate impact player in this offense. Now, the question is, and maybe this takes us into our second point here in just a moment, is the transfer portal window officially opens this week. So right. do you think Auburn goes to the portal for a receiver or do you think that massive freshman recruit, that, that incoming freshman class mixed with the returning players, the guys that will return in that wide receiver room, do you think that's all? I think when you look at Auburn's wide receiver room, I think there's going to be a ton of turnover. So the guys coming in, Perry Thompson, Malcolm Simmons, Camp Coleman, I think that speaks for itself. Yeah. And then Caleb Burton. After that, I don't know who's going to be on this roster. Javaris Johnson was introduced as a senior before the Iron Bowl for Senior Day. Yeah. That's typically a, hey, this is your last game. Thank you so much type thing. And there were other people in a situation from an eligibility standpoint that did not walk. So I think that's worth noting. Coy Moore already transferred once from LSU. He's an upperclassman. Assuming he graduates, he could transfer at some point this offseason. Malcolm Johnson Jr. has his free transfer left. Is he is he like excited to stay? I, I don't know. I, I can't imagine he is. And then Cam Brown's the other one. He's got a free transfer as well. So yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know how many of those guys are going to stay, Brett. It would not shock me if all of those guys left. All yeah. of them. And so then Auburn's in a situation where they've got four uh true freshman receivers and then a redshirt sophomore. And Caleb Burton. And so to me, yeah, I think you have to pound the portal because I think you need some leadership. I think you need some uh some some older guys that can kind of show these younger kids what it takes and what it looks like to be a college wide receiver. They've got to do better than what they did this last cycle because I think bringing in Nick Mardner, Shane Hooks, and uh Jair Shorter, I, I don't think it made the receiver room better. And so we uh we got to assume that their approach to that position will be different this year. Yeah. Maybe. I mean, we all, I think we're all surprised that those guys didn't have the impact that we expected them to have. I mean, we, we talked on our shows in August yeah. about, you know, who's, <laughs> who's going to be the closest to a thousand yards from this receiving core. We, we kind of thought yeah. that at least a couple of those guys would turn in really big seasons. So I don't think it was expected that, they just wouldn't quite have the, the the punch or the firepower that, uh, you know, that or lack thereof that we wound up seeing. Yeah, and I think Hooks was the biggest shock to me. I thought his tape and his game would translate the most from, you know, the, the level of Jackson State to, to Auburn just because he was so dynamic and explosive. Jair Shorter, this is all in hindsight now. Yeah. There's a lot of concern on uh, his leg from an injury standpoint. And it took Auburn a long time to offer. It's not like yeah. they were like eager to add Jair Shorter. And so I think that's something that we should have looked back on in, in that time and been like, okay, why aren't they sprinting to this kid? So it, it makes sense now. The Nick Mardner, 
I mean, it's not like Nick Marner was an elite receiver anywhere else that he's been. It was kind of odd and funny in hindsight that we we kind of expected him to take that step here. Yeah. But still thankful that they all spent their last year of eligibility at Auburn. So no, listen, there are a lot worse places for them to be too than than right. as a as a re wide receiver on the Auburn football team if you got one year left to to that's do right. it. And that's a selling point too. Now the question is. What formula do you use if you're looking to get a transfer wide receiver? If you're looking to get one, what's the formula? Because yeah. you you did I don't want to I don't want to disparage the the guys, but it you do feel like you got a little burned because you just didn't get the production that you wanted from those guys. So if you bring in a top performing receiver from a lower division of football. It's not like you automatically slide in and go, well, all right, based on last year, you know this guy's going to give you the productivity that you want. Yeah. It's it you're going into it a little bit blind again from the from the portal perspective in the right. receiver room. Brad, I want to play a game with you. I didn't tell you I was going to do this, but okay. I want to play a game with you regarding the portal as far as who stays and who goes and the speculation mm -hmm. around that in just a moment. I'll play two in just a moment. Um but look, if you found a $100 bill on the ground, you wouldn't just walk past it. You'd, you, you'd pick it up. Sure would. You'd pick it up. So don't pass on the easy cash at MyBookie. They've got the biggest selection of odds and contests to fill your sports betting needs anytime and anywhere. All you need to do is head over to MyBookie.ag and use promo code NEXTROUND and claim your deposit match redeemable up to $1,000. Dollars. They just don't want you to leave money on the table. And I respect them for that. Again, the promo code is next round to claim your bonus. Experience the thrill of sports betting right from the comfort of your home. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with my bookie. Brad, we all like different foods at different temperatures, right? I don't think there's any question about sure. that. Unless you're my three-year-old who wants everything ice cold. Doesn't matter what it is. She wants it cold. We're not like that. We're adults. We're sophisticated human beings. Yeah. I'm going to go through a few names and I'll share a food. The colder the food is, the more I think they're chilling, the more I think they're going to stay. Got it. If it's a cup of a cup of fresh coffee or some mm -hmm. hot chocolate, they may be out of here. Right. Okay. So, so let's roll with, uh, with Brian Batty. I think he's an interesting one who should be able to grad transfer if he wants to. And we've talked about this before, Brad, with this running back room. Is it going to look the same next year as it did this year? I think that's one of the buy sells that we talked about yes. on Friday. Um, I bought it that it would say the same. I forgot what your answer was. We disagreed on almost everything on Friday. Did we disagree on that? Uh, yeah, I, we did because I, I think it will look different. I don't know how. But I just I think I think change is inevitable and it's very hard to imagine that room staying exactly the same. Yeah, I think Batiste stays, but it would totally make sense for him to get more playing time somewhere else. So I'm trying to think of like I'm gonna go with like a a taco. It's like kind of warm, but it's not like known for being hot. You know what I'm saying? But like I I I think I, I think he's right on the cusp of like, is he gonna leave or is he gonna stay? Brian is a really interesting one. Um, if I if I said is over under, do you think he got 50 carries this year? Do you think he got less or do you think he got more? Do you know off the top of your head? I don't know on the top of my head. Okay. 
man, I think I would say he did not get 50 carries. Yeah, he got 51. Okay. 51 for 227 yards and one touchdown. He had seven catches for 52 yards. So 58 touches, 279 total yards. And then, you know, 24 kickoff returns for 562 total yards. So, you know, you're looking at like eight, 900 yards of or total yards for, for Brian Betty this year. Yeah. Definitely the role as as kick returner. You would think he's he's Auburn's primary kick returner. Uh, looking ahead to twenty twenty four, and then it's just a matter of what what are you looking for? How can you get better? Where do you feel like you can fit in? Do you need more carries? Do you need a bigger role yeah. in the running back room than that? Or are you content to be the primary kick returner and an alternate running back? in an offense that you would think would be more productive next year and faster. And you know what? It's a very good question. He's, he's one of the more interesting ones to watch for sure. But his role this year was probably a little bit bigger than people expected. I think it depends on who you ask, because I think a lot of people thought he was going to be it. So I, I don't know. Mm. I'm not sure. I think his path to the NFL, Brad is through special teams. Yeah, and I think he has that opportunity here, and so it just depends on what his approach is. Um, yeah. But yeah, he's an interesting one to me. Another one is Javarius Johnson. We mentioned him a second ago, Brad. Where are you in regards to Javarius Johnson? Because he did the whole Senior Bowl thing, but he was yeah. Auburn's best receiver in the Iron Bowl. So I, I, I'm just, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what happens with Javarius Johnson. You know, is is Javarius a guy who's going to have really high pro prospects? Is is he a guy who's going to have a, a long NFL career? I don't think so. Objectively, prob you know, probably not. Like that's a tall mountain to climb. Yeah. And that's not to disparage Javarius. He's, you know, he's been a solid player. He was not healthy for a, you know, this full season. Brad, that's been something he's dealt with his yeah. whole Auburn career. And I don't think it's his fault. I think it's just really, really unfortunate. Like the thing that he got hurt with in the fall, correct me if I'm wrong here, but it was like, yeah, Freeze talked about it with his, like he got hit by a helmet or something. He had stitches mm -hmm. in his mouth or something like that. Like that's not even football related, really. You know, that's just sounds like a fluke accident. So that, that to me, is the biggest thing that's held VAR back. I, I also think you got to consider NIL with, with some of these decisions that these guys are making. If they've, totally. if, they've, if they've got another year. And quality of life you have to think about too. So if you tell me that I can make NIL money and I can play another season and I can potentially have my most productive season ever, yeah, and, 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 I, and I do it at Auburn? That's really attractive to me, yeah. especially like if you go into to Javarius and you say, listen, we got all these new guys coming in and they're going to be on the field a lot. These new guys are going to be on the field a ton. Right. But we need some veteran leadership. We need a guy like you to hang around and it doesn't have to be all on you to produce. But you're going to be productive. Look, 14 of his 19 catches came in the last five games. Yeah. So if you project that out, you're looking at a 30 to 35 catch kind of guy. And 
boy, 300 of his yards came in the last five games. So 30 to 35 catches, 700 yards or so, and another year living in Auburn, being a part of this program. What what sort of better, like where will he go to have a better setup, big picture, than that? Yeah, I mean, I think I think there's also this element of does he just want a fresh start somewhere? I sure. Mean, you know, there is a human element in this too, so we'll see. Uh, last one, and then we'll kind of zoom out. Uh, Jeremiah Wright is another interesting one because yeah. I don't know if Jeremiah Wright's going to be a starter at Auburn again, but I think he makes the roster better. I mean, if he's your sixth or seventh best offensive lineman, I'm okay with that especially when you look at it through the lens that he maybe was Auburn's best offensive lineman two, two years ago, yeah, which just says so much about what the staff has done at that position group. But I think Jeremiah Wright's a good guy to have on this roster. I think he's a great guy for depth. I imagine he makes practices more competitive. Mm -hmm. I would love for Jeremiah Wright to stay, yeah. but I, I wouldn't be shocked if, if he left. Because look, also, I think there's the angle of he – he may be a little upset with how Auburn handled him. They changed his position like 10 times. I'm sure that hindered some sort of level of development. So I'm curious to see what Jeremiah Wright does over the next week or so. Yeah, I am too. I, I This staff didn't change Jeremiah Wright. So, That's correct. You know, and, and right. I think that, and, and we've talked a lot about the offensive line development this year and the way that this staff has made the offensive line as a whole better. And I think they're really strong at developing players. So, uh, and he's got he's got a ton of family in in this area. Oh, okay. uh, I think of all the three, he's the one that I would be most surprised if they wanted a fresh start somewhere else. Just for, for those, just because of those reasons. That's encouraging. That's encouraging. Uh, Brad, you want to talk a little championship game action? It was a good weekend of football. It was a good weekend in football. And by the way, if you needed, uh, if if you didn't pick winners, like I picked in our village by six pack. I picked four of the six correctly. Might I have had might wow. I have had better luck with Lance'sLock.com? Perhaps. I know right now they've got your picks for college football. Bowl season. Bowl season and Lance's Lock, those go together like peanut butter and jelly, my friend. Uh, they've got monthly packages, annual packages, college football, NFL, college basketball now gearing up into conference play for a lot of these leagues. Uh, you need lanceslock.com. Again, Lance's Lock, a proud partner with the Village Vice. So I um, I called SMU's win over Tulane. Okay. Um, we I'm glad we talked about that game. Yeah, I'm really that's glad. All, that's all we're going to talk about. Although, I mean, there are a lot of people trying to make a case for SMU to make a New Year's Six Bowl now. Yeah. I don't think they should over Liberty. Liberty went undefeated. You go undefeated, you... What else? What else can you do? Tulane lost. Liberty's the highest ranked group of five. They went undefeated. They should go. Um, I thought Washington. We both, I think, thought Washington would beat Oregon, right? Yeah, especially looking at like the nine point spread or whatever. Like, that yeah. was ridiculous. Oregon and like a nine point favorite. How did that ever get to that point? Uh, that's a really good question. Other than it was just trendy over the last month to pick against Washington. To, to think that Washington couldn't do it again. Yeah. So uh, I had UNLV beating Boise. Man, Brian Harson's going to take over such a talented Boise team. Um, 
just trying you, to you, you want me to chime in you want me to chime in on that or, or, or are we good you can or not it's fine um florida state over louisville i think we both had did we both take florida state we did yeah okay yeah uh, they should be in, by the way. You go undefeated, you're a conference champion. You should you should be in the playoff. Sure. And then um, you thought Alabama would win. Kudos to you. You had Alabama winning the SEC championship. I did not. So um, now the big question is, does an SEC team get left out of the playoff? Yeah, and I mean, it's not looking like it. I think, I think you could certainly make the case that there shouldn't be one. I'm of the mindset if you win the SEC, you're a top four team. And you were the mo a top four team as far as deserving to go, but all the arguments against it, I totally get. Texas beat Alabama, I totally get that. Yeah. FSU, uh, they're down to their thir third string quarterback, but the committee has been instructed not to value injuries, and not yeah. to discuss injuries. So, like that's a that's a moot point up to this point. And like you got to put Washington and Michigan in, obviously. So it doesn't appear that there's going to be an SEC team, but we'll uh, we'll see, Brad. Here's here's where that trickles down and affects Auburn because we've been assuming an SEC team in the playoff all year long. I mean, right. we, we sort of go into every year assuming there's going to be an SEC team there. All right, so if there is no SEC team in the playoff, now you have to backfill your New Year's Six Bowls. There's going to be multiple. Georgia and Alabama will have it New Year's Six Bowls for right. sure. Where does Ole Miss fall? Yeah. Do they slide down? Does LSU slide down? You, your your bowl tie-ins now are going to get populated with these teams that you thought were going to be in the playoff or New Year's Six Bowls. But because they're not in the playoff, they're in a New Year's Six. And because they're not in a New Year's Six, now they're in one of these others. And there is a little bit of a trickle down now when it comes to Auburn's bowl projection. And I know we'll find that out relatively soon, but that is something to think about with these uh, playoff announcements. Yeah, no, I think that's worth noting. And so we'll learn more about all this later today as we record this Sunday morning, Brad. So looking forward to uh, to all of that. But uh, in the meantime, it's about all we got for uh, for today's show. It is. We appreciate everybody watching. As always, remember, everyone has vices, even on a Sunday. Everyone has vices. Make sure Village Vice is one of yours. Yeah.